A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Here with you 52 weeks a year. And is this the first one of 2020? It is, isn't it? It is. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We are, we're, well, I guess we're starting as we mean to go on, but also not, because um, there's one very, very notable um, omission. Yeah, scoundrel. Tonight's show, <laughs> yeah. Um, the most reliable, the most sensible, the most fence-sitting member of uh, Egg Chasers is, well, we're, we're in Thailand. Dead. He's dead. Dead to us now. Yeah. So, so Jamie, Jamie he, he, he will be missed, and maybe he'll come back, but we don't know. We don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um... So yeah, Phil is not here at the moment, but I noticed that, and this is so Phil, I love it, even on the other side of the planet, he still did enough tinkering to get another fantasy rugby draft win this weekend. Did he? Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sure he told his missus, I'm just, I'm just just a work email. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Just phoning my mum. Yeah. Um, some big scores in fantasy rugby draft. I know. Some big scores, which means it's been a big scoring actual real life weekend it has been a massive scoring uh, actual weekend obviously on this podcast we're going to we're going to touch on the the Nigel Ray decision to resign or retire from I, I don't know how he phrased it but to step aside as um chairman ceo sorry of Saracens yep. no chairman is he chairman and ceo Cha- i'm not sure but the, well ed griffiths is taking his role he's still going to be involved who in, is in, a complete outsider i might add not linked to the club in any way. <laughs> Completely gonna, independent. He's going he's to be still looking after charitable things, the school and, and various bits and bobs, and still involved in the club, but not on a day-to-day or um, decision-making level. So we can get into that because there's, there's definite nuance there that I think a lot of people have talked about. Uh, but I, I just want to ask you about your trip to the Rico. Yeah, what you, a trip. Because we, we're, we're starting this podcast trip. slightly late because you've just got back. You're, you're unlike normal when you're just wearing a pair of 1980s cotton rugby shorts, yeah. the, the ones with the button and the bit of like and, and, cord. And the, the pockets. For what reason exactly? Yeah. What, yeah. what, did I go to the shops before I decided to pack <laughs> down? But you're... Uh, I'm, I'm dressed semi-reasonably today. Exactly. Still wearing your Axisol Areas type... Oh, what, this one thing? I just threw it on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was at the Rico. I was at the Rico. Um, and, and by the way, like, yeah, I've spoken very highly. And maybe it's just because I like rugby, actually. Maybe maybe the message here is, if you live near a, a rugby stadium, do your hardest Do your hardest to get there. 
uh, because I've spoken before about Sale, and I think that's a, a, you know, a great, great place to watch rugby. I loved my experience at Harlequins. The Rico's awesome. I mean, it is awesome. So everything about once you get in is awesome. The problem is a little bit like the AJ Bell is it's it lacks the the reasons to hang around before or after. Yeah, it does. It does, doesn't it? And but I agree with you. You know, you think about I don't know. I think Bath might buck the trend here because Bath is. I mean, I've just used the word awesome before, but Bath is. Awesome because there is everything there. Glo- Clubs of Gloucester and Leicester are the same. North are they? And been Gloucester and Leicester are right in the middle of town as well. Yeah, so it doesn't have that. But you know, many of these stadiums, particularly the the bigger, fancier ones, you just can't get them into. Yeah. I mean, actually, you probably could get it into Coventry because I've yeah. went into Coventry and it'd be massively improved if you'd levelled right. it and then put a stadium up. Tell me about Any- Vorders. Tell anyway. me about Vorders. Anyway. Come on. So yeah, I was on a table um, with my dear friend. Uh, Paul Godfrey and his family. Paul is from my other podcast, Pilot Episodes. I was with, and he yeah. and he's a, an RAF, RAF jet, uh, RAF one store, one store general. Yeah, it's just a, you know, air commodore. He's a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Kind of, um, a, a two he's, he's basically like his, his equivalent in America is Maverick in Top Gun, right? Um. It would have been back in the day. He was a young back buck. in the day. He's only he's only forty three. He's still fly. <laughs> oh, he still flies. <laughs> um, yeah, he's in charge of F thirty fives. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, there was a two star general on, on on there as well. It was pretty cool. There was a PhD, Doctor Claire Holt, a PhD in in leadership. A, a fascinating lady, particularly when you're at a rugby ground and you know you want to talk about dynamics of leadership. It's really interesting to have an expert like like that mm. on tap. And then finally, Carol Vorderman. <laughs> Carol Vorderman, which was really cool because she she knows a lot about rugby. So her two main interests are aircraft and rugby, which works out well. So uh, when, yeah. when, when did she move in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I have been around. Just, has... If you and Carol Vorderman were in a relationship, you would never make love. You would just sit around <laughs> talking. Uh, that's an that's an awkward uh, an awkward segue. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so I've been around. I've been around some relatively famous people in their in their environment. So I'll give you an example. Like, well, every Sunday evening here with no, exactly right. <laughs> and, and, and as of you, so like for instance, walking around Sail Sharks with Chris Chris Ashton yeah. is really odd because every second step it's Chris, Chris, Chris. Like he is famous. Carol Vorderman is just. Uh, it must be weird because everybody knows who she is continuously. Yeah, so you could it, it could be at a rugby club or it could be at the supermarket just over the road from the Rico or it could be at the train station or at Petrol's, wherever people would know her. Chris Ashton, or I've been at Twickenham and worked with Brian O'Driscoll. Um, try, and yes. I've, said, I've said this before, walking from the stage to our seats took about 45 minutes. Yeah, it's that level of fame. Yeah, but Carol Vorderman is like that everywhere. Yeah, like if she walked you know, through Coventry city centre, it would be exactly the same thing because literally everyone knows who she is. I can't think of anyone who wouldn't know who Carol Vorderman is. And she loves her rugby. She loves her rugby. Brilliant. And she's a private pilot too. So there, so there you go. Love um, it. The other thing I'd say as well, for my negativity on wasps, um, since they fed me and watered me, I'm now a lot more positive. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, like, what is everyone going to do with their CVC money? Because my guess is... The CVC money that all the other clubs will get will go to in, improving stadiums and... Uh, well, well, if, if it's not unless you're London Irish, you've already spent it. Yeah, or you're paying off directors or something like that. But, you know, if you're sensible with your money and you don't spend it on player wages, you would basically be wanting a stadium like Wasps already have. Mm. 
So although, you know, you look at their squad, it's not the strongest. You look at the salary cap, you might want to spend some more. There's all these other things. Ultimately, they have what every other club wants, which is unbelievable facilities. So if they get through this year, you can see them turning that around because they've already got the basis of what everyone else wants. I guess so. I and I, I don't know the ins and outs of Wasps' financials, but I, I know that neither do I. For the record, and I, I, I know I know there's a, I think there's a I think the debt in acquiring that asset, they have to service that, and that, so yes, you're right. But uh, Exeter are trying to develop conferencing facilities, or have been developing, or have developed. Worcester are looking to get a hotel. Yep, conferencing facilities and all part of it. So you're absolutely right. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I, the other thing as well, that stadium, it didn't look very full today. But there's 9,000 people there. Now, there's some clubs that would kill for 9,000. Actually, was it 12,000? It doesn't really matter. Uh, there are clubs that would kill for those numbers. Because stadium's so big, um, it doesn't look great on TV, but it's loud. I mean, mm-hmm. the acoustics in the place are awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've got to say, if you're in the Wasps area and you want to go and watch some rugby, I mean, you're spoiled for choice. But I'd, cer- I'd certainly I'd certainly give it a go. Defo. Well, let's talk about Nigel Ray then. Mm. Well, firstly, what do you think? Uh, so, Nigel Ray has stepped aside. Yep. Let's try and predict what Phil would say. And then, then, then we can, then we can. What he did was both good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, funnily enough, the reason I asked that is because I, I was sort of thinking my thoughts are what I would imagine Phil's thoughts to be, which is that well, I think it's, I think it's the right thing that he's gone. I think it maybe draws a line under it, hopefully, and uh, yeah. uh, but we shouldn't forget the good things whilst also acknowledging his reputation. Has been tarnished and is tarnished. Yeah, I, and will forever be. You know, I wrote about this on on Rugby Pass. So you can go and have a look at that article on Rugby Pass, actually. And that's where I got to really, which is good men sometimes do bad things. He's undoubtedly a good man. He's undoubtedly a colossus of the game. He's done far more for this game than you know a lot of his de- lot of his detractors have. Um, but he was cheating. He was cheating. Um, and maybe he was cheating for the right reasons. Maybe he was cheating because he really did want. You know, some of the guys who he's come to grow close to in Saracens, and people say, oh, yeah, but only the senior players. Well, maybe only the senior players could afford to co-invest because these are big investments. So, um, you know, despite all that, I still think he's a good guy. And, yeah, he's gone. Maybe he deserves to go. But I don't think we want to banish him from the game or anything like that. I don't think anyone should be too um, too, too smug about too smug about him about him leaving. Because, frankly, for all the things he's done wrong, we need more men like Nigel Ray within the game. I would agree with everything you just said. Mm. Um, uh, yes, and I hope... Um, it seems to be quite a tempered response. Even on Twitter, it seems like people have been a little bit nuanced about it. Right? There there's, doesn't seem to be anyone being too zealous mm. about, about the fact hits, he's gone. I guess it hits home a bit now that he's left. Because... If we had a scandal on our hands where, I don't know, Nigel Ray has got immensely wealthy out of bribing people and cheating and fiddling the finances and all that sort of thing. And you go, what a scumbag for his self-enrichment. But when he walks away from Saracens, he's going to walk away substantially poorer than if yes. he's never actually been part of 100%. Saracens. 100%. I, I think that's something which people don't... It's easy as a fan, particularly of a club, and the, you know a lot of people don't believe me when I go around grounds and they say, "Who do you support?" I genuinely don't have a team, but so I genuinely don't have just a, like me don't have a team, just, just like, like just like JV, both um, neutrals. <laughs> uh, but I think that's a very easy situation to get into when you're a fan is to forget that I was I was going to say none of the clubs are making any money. Exeter apparently are, but I mean that's just, that's suspect though, isn't it? Well, then again, their their owner 
that the club's main sponsor is the other company that the that the owner owns. So I mean, yeah. So are they really turning a profit? I don't know. But anyway, my point being is that there's a lot of people losing a lot of money, and they're not. So so it's not out. So, of the, the so only, well, I was going to say it is out of the goodness of their heart, actually. Well, yes, it is. I well, mean, stature and yeah, ego. It things. could be ego. Other things that are play. People would say perhaps you own a rugby club to grease the wheels of other business dealings that you have. And I can see that. I mean, yep. that's why I would have one. Certainly, if I was a successful businessman and I wanted to be more successful and I wanted to do a little bit of a showing off, I would 100% buy a rugby club and then I'd invite everyone that I want to do business with to my rugby club and ply them with food and beer and introduce them and to And Carol Vorderman. Uh, yes, exactly right. So, you know, there is there are in, there are other tangibles, but fundamentally, Tim, you're right. They are spending money so fans like us can enjoy the game. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. There and, would be no game without them. And Nigel Ray in particular has done an awful lot. And then in fact we got we got contacted on Twitter. Thank you very much for that at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Um and I took a little screenshot of this because I thought so I don't lose it. There it is. It's from Clever Trevor, who's just Well, he actually said you should talk about this on the podcast, but out of the match day twenty threes this weekend, how many are English? And uh, how, how many out of Saracens 23 do you reckon would be English? I don't know, but I would suspect they do very well on the English scale. Well, they're top out of the whole Premiership, 19 oh, out of good. 23, followed by Bath with 18, and then there's a big gap to 14 where you get Harlequins, Leicester, Exeter, and then it's 12 with in the 23 with Sale, Bristol, Wasps in Northampton, and then... Worcester with nine, London Irish with eight. In total, 56% of the league is English. And not only do Saracens have the highest representation of English players, they have, the by, f- they are, they have by far the most represent- representation of English England internationals. And by an even bigger measure, the highest number of England internationals that have come through their academy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, it's so, great. So that their service, not just to developing the sport in northwest L- london but to english rugby and to to the nas- yeah to the national team i do have i understand what you're saying i to a degree though i find that a red herring i don't like the idea that they go hey look we've developed these players we should keep them no no, no. you signed up to the salary cap i understand 100% it's good that you develop your own players it's commendable i still you know it doesn't mitigate anything for me no all i'm saying is that, that you want to talk about use of money mm. saracens Whilst they're also they're not doing it purely for, they're not doing it for the benefit of the English national team, but the the byproduct of the work that they have done over the last twenty years since professionalism means that they are helping the England national team far more than any other club by a massive distance. And yes, you can talk about well, I mean, it is a quick question. Yeah. Uh, just just as a tangent to that, should you allow more kickbacks for developing? English players or English na- England internationals? No, that that is that is the short answer. No, you shouldn't. I don't buy the fact that if you did, if you got rid of the kickbacks, um, you wouldn't develop players. You, you would. You it, would. It, well, here's an example. Yeah, yeah, you would. I understand that. But here's an example. Let's say Saracens have to let a big player go. They've got a load of locks, for example. They've yeah. got Joe Kapoku coming through. He's been linked with Northampton a lot. But let's say they wanted to keep hold of Joe, Joe Kapoku. And let one of their big names go, like I don't know, George Cruz or I don't know Richard Wigglesworth, someone like that. Yeah, a big name like that, yeah. a, bi- a big probably yeah, well well paid Eng- international for, for example. Or, yes. So if George Cruz was a player, they were going to let go. Yeah. 
currently they get a, 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 um, an academy credit for him. Yep. Because he came through their academy, and they get England money for him. Yep. Because he came EQP. through EQP, all that sort of stuff. If George Cruz went to another club, yeah. could Saracens not keep for as long as George Cruz is playing as a professional? Could they not keep his academy credits every year and get a, a slice of his England money every year? No, no, I don't think they should. And here's why I think that. The answer to what do you do when one of your academy products leaves is you buy another academy product. So with George Cruz is a great example because he is at a stage now where you have to make a decision. Do you want to keep him if they, ha- if they have to let go of him? Do you want to keep him on his 300k or whatever he's been paid? I don't, and I don't know what he's been paid. Or do you want to hand over the reins to Joel Kapoku? Or Joel Kapoku's twin brother, who apparently is very good. Or the guy below him. Or Nick Azikwe, or someone like that. Just because you've developed him doesn't mean you get to break the rules. And actually, maybe what it means is you have to develop more players and have a continual conveyor belt of players coming through. That's, that's how I would say it. Mm. I'd like to one, see... One player isn't enough, is what I'm saying, to develop from your academy. <sighs> So, uh, so here's the thing. Let's say he goes to arch rivals. George Cruz goes to arch rivals Harlequins. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, what seems unfair is that Saracens lose the academy credits they got for him. Yep. And if there's any money for representing England that he were to get, that Harlequin guess, Harlequins would yeah, then get that. I guess. I, like, surely he could have a slice of that. Yeah. So I guess the difference. Well, Saracens could have a slice of that. They, as an organizer, so. In my mind, the salary cap can't change, in my mind. I know it does at the moment with academy credits, but I would say keep it static. However, I am actually quite open to saying, yeah, in that example, if he has an England cap, yeah, actually, you can keep your academy production credits. So, for instance, Holoquins don't develop any of their own players. Yes. They do, but let's just say they yeah. didn't. Because th- think yeah, about, why, think why, about, why with the, yeah, think about the number of London Irish players that went to Bath about you know six, seven years ago. Real, real talented young English players. That, that, that would probably amount. So seven, lots of academy credits. What is it? Thirty grand a year. Yes, yeah, so I don't know what thirty or fifty grand or whatever. That could be like a quarter of a million quid that yeah. they sent up the M4 to Bath and London Irish for as long as Anthony Watson and um, wasn't Matt Garvey Irish captain for a while. Matt Garvey, yeah, as, as long for as long as Matt Garvey and Anthony Watson are playing. Jonathan Joseph, Jonathan Joseph, Tom and Homer. Tom Homer, and. Um, all these players, for as long as they're playing, they keep getting their academy credits every year. That's not a, not an insignificant amount of money, and I think it repays, it incentivizes the right thing because only just over fifty percent of all Premiership players in the matchday squads this weekend were English. But you, know, but you know why? That worries me. That number. Why? I mean, it it tells me that I'll probably get accused of being like nationalist. You are racist. There is that, <laughs> that is undoubted. But it doesn't worry me because that tells me that. In the strongest league in the world, the most competitive league in the world, the most compelling league in the world, over fifty percent of it is English, and actually, you know, there aren't that ma- that many players. So, you know, that's a lot of English players playing week in week out. It does not bother me at all, and they're playing in. Sorry, that's annoying. It's all right. Oh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, and it tells me that they are playing, you know, pretty high high standard of high standard rugby. So and you j- need the other great players in there, like the Dupree boys and Faf de Klerk. The first names that come into my mind, um, <laughs> you know, steel shop and steel. So I, I'm fairly okay with it. To be fair, okay. Well, you've many a time on the podcast said there's going to be a Monday morning Monday morning meeting at Leicester Tigers. 
by the time people listen to this podcast, there might be right now, hap- there could well be happening right at the second, a Monday morning meeting at Saracens. That is the rumour. Yeah, so... I mean, if you look on Twitter, there is a few things been said. I have no idea if any of these things are true or not. Um, but what, what's being said and rumored, and well, you'd have to look on Twitter to find that out. Yeah. But you know, I think that Nigel Ray stepping down will be the start of it, and then from then on, other things might happen. Um, and maybe what they're doing is trying to prevent further action. Uh, and now I don't know this, um, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see players being offered around. Hmm. But that's already that's already happened actually. So yeah, and there's a, one of the ever since the salary cap news came in, one of the big reactions to it were, but are they under the cap this year? Well, this is a great question, Tim. So the way the cap works is, say if I employ you, and I pay you one million pound this year, and the next year I pay you uh, half a million pound, and then the year after that I pay you zero. Well, then that then the cap number for each of those years would be five hundred thousand pounds. So with that in mind, if there were £600,000 over the cap last year and presumably none of the contracts have changed, well, you'd have to average out that across all the years. You couldn't just have it. So what I'm trying to say is if Mario Toji, for instance, and I'm not saying that this has happened, but for instance was given a house and that was worth £100,000, I would suspect that £100,000 over three years would have to be divided by three years. So if there's £600,000 over the cap then and they've not got rid of any players, I would assume they're still £600,000 over the cap now. Uh, for uh, for £100,000 around St Albans, Hatfield Way, you can parking get space. parking space if you're lucky, yeah. Maybe like, a, maybe like a, a, a bin, no, not even a shed, a bin shed. Yes, a bin, yeah, a shed for your bins. So, yeah, m- uh, you know, money well spent. <laughs> well, I, I agree, I think there's, me- there's much more to come out on that one. I, I think you're probably right there. Mm. So which of these matches this week caught your eye? some crackers all of them would be the answer loads of points the the one that you saw today was probably most heartbreaking was, yeah well yeah well, so what's going on here because you have a, you identified it yourself you have given wasps a real hard time well they're recently. not very good I mean that I mean, basically as a rugby team they're not very good they've got some fundamental flaws uh, I have been very suspicious about the coaching for a couple of years now I think Danny Cipriani managed to paper over a load of cracks because he's a fantastic player. Uh, and I, that, yeah, so that's where I am. Um, watching them today, they let themselves down because they didn't have a ball carrier. They couldn't break down the Northampton line. Now, what they do have is a load of very explosive players, whether that be Kibberigi or Fekatoa. Thomas Young. Thomas Young. Jack Willis. Yeah, there's got, they've got loads of them. And the financial realities of the Premiership meant they've got to get rid of some players. That, ha- that hasn't helped. But if they survive relegation this year, I'm pretty confident that they've got a good squad or a good nucleus of young players they can build around. But fundamentally, they're still not that good. Well, no, and I, I actually, I, I think Di, and I've I've stuck up for Di Young a bunch of times. I think he's doing a good job. Given, I mean, he got to he got to within, well, within one stupid penalty given away by Nathan Hughes of winning the Premiership. <laughs> yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, and you look at the squad back then versus the squad they have now. And I, they'll be. I I would predict. I don't know, but I would guess that wasps are one of the low lowest, have one of the lowest wage bills in the Premiership. Yeah, I, and in a way, I think maybe Worcester and maybe only Worcester would be less than them. Yeah, but in a way, I think it's to their advantage because if they can, if they can keep this young group of players together. So I'll give you an example of something which is, which would be heartbreaking for for wasps fans would be losing players like Will Stewart, 
Jake Cooper. Well, won. they've already lost. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that is that's a real gut punch. I mean, so what? Elliot Daly goes. Elliot Daly goes. If they if they keep the younger players, actually, Jake Cooper is not not young now. But if you keep those young players together and you can sign them and keep them long term, that's what they need to be doing. So if if they do that, they'll be fine. But today showed what they needed was a strong ball carrier because they punished uh, the Northampton line over and over again. The guy who really sticks in my mind is Nassim, uh, Nassim, Nassim Carr. Yeah. He works tremendously hard. He carries so much ball, and he just looks like... Well, he's underpowered. He can't get over the line. Well, they didn't have any ball, well, they did they? Did. Jack Willis is another one. Well, for the first like 50 minutes, it was all Northampton. I actually thought Was did quite well to... I mean, it was when they when they conceded that, uh, that, that try just after half-time, I thought, well, that's all over then, because they went to... Oh yeah, twenty one seven, twenty one seven down. But I thought they were they did all right to to stay within touching distance. Uh, and and just like against Bristol away last week, they showed a lot of dog. They've got spirit. to get back. They've got yeah. a lot of spirit. They've got a lot that, of. That'll take them a long way though. Uh, well, you know, if you're wasp, fan, well, no, it won't, well, so. it'll take them clear of safety. Mm. It, it, it will, that will go a long way to making up for the gap in what they're not spending on wages on players. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, I do think eventually it will t- it will turn itself around, but it's a process, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, can I t- talk about some more players, uh, people that I saw? Yeah, Wolves. go on. Um, starstruck by two people. Oh, let me guess. So you will never guess ex players. Yeah, you might guess. Yeah, you might guess because I think ex wasps was, players. No, no, I don't think they are. Okay, were they in the? Were they just sat eating? They, they both w- work for wasps, though. I didn't realize one of them did. I knew one of them. Well, surely they played for wasps then. One of them definitely did. The other one didn't. Uh, not Goody, you wouldn't be starstruck by him. No, not even slightly. <laughs> did you catch up with him, though? Did I see? did. Yeah, I did. It's the first good. time that I've met him, met him in person. I, good guy. He's a good guy. Um... But in my mind, huge stars. So props. No, no. back row and a scrum half. Back row and a, scr- a wasp scrum half. Nope. Never played An for wasps. Bristol scrum half. Huh? An ex Bristol scrum half. Sean Perry. Cove- Sean Coventry. Perry. Exactly. He started at Coventry. I was like, Vorders, Vorders, Vorders. That's Sean Perry. <laughs> Who used to be a welder, played at Coventry, went over and played uh, you, you know, Dan Ward Smith. Obviously expecting us to know Dan Ward Smith. She- was it Dan Ward Smith, the other one? No, 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 no. No, no. no but he did play at Wasps. I wish it was Dan Ward Smith. Um, and when he, he, had- he, he had the muscle tone of a chimp, like, like the way you described Mark Wilson. Mark, Mark Wilson. Um, on an England debut, was vice captain. Mm, you know, so some, so some good stats. Fact. So it's like um, we need to get Sean Perry over here right now. So uh, yeah, I bought over Sean, Sean Perry and the other guy, Dan Bar. Who? Dan Bar was Bow Bar Bow. How would you say his name? Dan. I don't know who you're talking. You don't about. know who Dan Bow is. Shame on you, Tim Cocker. I'm, Dan I'm Bow. Ta- what was the unbelievably hard uh, flanker who played for Cardiff and Canada, and was renowned. I, I say renowned. Renowned in my mind. Dane Bowers. Dane Bowers, that's the one, uh, for battering Julian White when they played against England in the Churchill Cup in Canada. Absolutely battered him. Not Dan Bowden. No, no, that was the, the Leicester, and Leicester and Blues. New Zealand. No, Dan Bow. He's a strong... B-O-U, B-O-U, how are you, how are you spelling know, that? God, I'm asking, I'm asking you how to spell something. He Jeez, is, we're in a bad place. Uh, he's, uh, he's a strength and conditioning coach. Just put Wasps strength and conditioning coach. He, he, I reckon he's still the strongest guy at Wasps. And he's in, at least in his forties, I'd say. Okay. Dan Bar. If you'll Dan Boff or B- Bow. Bow. Yeah, Bow. It's Bow. Yeah. Yeah. Bow. I don't know him. What? You want to see him beating up Julian White? It's it's, it's phenomenal. 
So Julian White picks a fight with Al Sharon. Well, anyone that picks a fight with Julian White has got my immediate respect. And then just comes over the top. Bam, bam. And this is back in the day when rugby was fun, of Dan course. Bow, monster clearer. Dan Bow, red card for stamping on head. Let's have a look at that one. <laughs> this is the boy. Is he playing four here? Canada, I guess. Playing for... Cardiff? It's in a Rugby World Cup match. Yeah, yeah. So he's a Namibian? No, he's Canadian. Canadian? Against Namibia. Canada v Namibia. There you go. Oh, yeah. He's a big old boy, isn't he? Bit of shoe pie. He's the sort of Canadian in the same mould as Jamie Cudmore, but squatter and stronger. A meeting with the eye-bulging hard man Welsh rugby will never forget is an interview in your favourite Wales Online. Oh, our favourite Wales Online. Wonderful. Don't make me look like... His quote about doing the article, when he agreed to do the article, is, quote, don't make me look like a bellend in this piece or I'll hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that the guy who wrote that has now been hunted down and his skin is on the uh, wall of the wasps' uh, weight room. Oh, he sounds like a uh, an interesting bloke. He is. He's a, he's a lovely guy. And he's still massive. Google has people also searched for. So you know how like Amazon yeah, yeah, yeah. says people who bought that like this. There's a Google version of that. So I've just searched for Dan Bow, and the people that come up on a list with him: Brendan Venter, yep, another hard man, uh, Rod Snow, yep, yep, definitely Newport and Canada prop, Winston Stanley, uh, Canada winger centre, yeah, Velasquez, yeah, Callum Clark. So I yeah. think that might be because of his red cards. Callum Clark. I would never have got Callum Clark from Dan Bow. I think it might be the red card link. Maybe. And Lee Evans, the comedian. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Don't know what's going on there. Interesting. Yeah. So two very big spots for me. Huge spots, actually. I, lo- I love your niche, love of rugby. Uh, um, so what caught my eye this weekend? What ga- oh, oh, the Gloucester Bath game was... Spectacular. It looked great. Spectacular. It was great. Really, really enjoyed that. I mean, if that isn't what a West Country derby is supposed to be, I, I don't know what is. Well, I mean... There wasn't enough fighting, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, we just t- talked about Dan Bow, and there was a little bit of handbags on Friday night, and I quite understand why Joe Marler was given a yellow card. Oh, we'll come back to that in a we'll, we'll come back to that. plenty to say about that. We'll come back to that, but I don't... I, I like... Ugh, I'm not allowed to say this, am I? Yeah, you are. Say yeah. it. Say it. I like a bit of fighting. I like a bit of fighting. I like so, a bit of fight. It's so like I, I want sue me. I love ice hockey, and <laughs> I like the ice hockey principle, which is you're going to get penalised and you're going to get binned. You're going to get sim binned, but if you want to go for it, let's form a circle around you and just get. So no one can see. Like just, the extra, <laughs> extra co- uh, cocked up. The extra cocked up. They need to bring that back as well. But uh, I, I, I quite like a bit of fighting. It is. I it do. Is good. I think. I think the it, and uh, you don't want anyone to get hurt, but. You, you do want the you do want it you do want the passion to spill over sometimes and that West Country derby the West Country derbies you think about in the past it was brilliant but it, this one was great lots of passion on show lots of uh... so uh, the, okay so a few things on this um, number one I don't think the back row of Bath performed quite as well as we were oh, expecting. oh we saw Flundertau for the first time ever which is it, it looks amazing on paper Francois Lowe, Sam Underhill um, yeah give it. I don't know. Talupe Falatel. A couple of months, just settle in so they all know what, exactly what they're doing at the right times and you know, hopefully they all stay fit and whatnot. Well, it will it, be phenomenal. Well, it's very it's like it's very like an England back row, isn't it? Cause, yeah. Because Francois Lowe and... It's very balanced. Yeah, that's... Yeah. 
Right? Yes. But I'm not sure. So the, I actually started thinking this when I was watching it, which is I'm not sure if balance is exactly what you need. Uh, it's maybe, actually. I'm just saying it's not, it is a bit like the England back row in the World Cup. However, because Francois Lowe and Tom Curry could do a similar job. Yeah. But maybe what it doesn't have, Tolupe Falatao is going to make incredible runs in the wide channels. Yeah. But he's not going to just bludgeon his way five yards every time right the middle. Yeah, and you know, for all the balance and nuance that these guys bring, um, actually what you want is absolutely thunderous runners. Ackerman, Clark, who's the other one they had on there? Paledri. Oh, my How's word. How's Paledri not played? Paledri has hardly played this season. Uh, I, I don't know if he's not been fit or what, but... No, he's been fit. I mean, there is no nuance in that back row, is there? There's no, you know... Um, expertise around the ruck or there's nothing like that it's give them the ball and let them thunder over let them physically dominate whatever's in front of them I thought Mostart was absolutely awesome um, it, it was it was a pretty impressive performance and I think Bath have got to be a little bit disappointed because Gloucester are very beatable if you can stop them on the gain line and they couldn't and you know what Gloucester are going to do Gloucester have got big runners and after the big runners comes Sippers and his box of tricks Franco Murray is a hard man yeah yeah but if you stop them, if you stop them early, because they're so predictable through the forwards, you can stop the well, whole shooting match. And they won by eleven points in the end, in spite of Sippers, who again didn't quite look himself, did he? Mm, yeah, you wonder, don't you, if the if the fact that the World Cup has been and gone, and England is now on the picture completely, whether his mind might be elsewhere. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we, it could be two and two and making five, but you can't help but think that when you see Sippers making a number of big errors. His goal goal kick. I mean, they should have been well clear, but um, he, he missed a sitter of a, a kick, having made a touchline conversion, and then missed touch on a on several penalty kicks. He's a real, yeah, he's a real problem, in the sense that as all talented players are, you can't replace him. So, should he go wrong, you can't just pull him and put on a different fly half because he's so unique do you think Sippers is the one saying I want to goal kick well, well Billy Twelvetrees hasn't been starting every game mm. this season because Chris Harris has, has come in and Mark Atkinson's been been playing so well but when Billy Twelvetrees is there Sippers continued to goal kick but the last couple of years with Billy Twelvetrees kicking and Sippers just doing what Sippers does it's worked pretty well for Gloucester last year yeah um I don't know. I, I mean, and it worked well for Wasps with Gopeth taking the pressure off goal kicking as well. Yes, yes, it did actually. Uh, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I just know that you know, as you pointed out, he's not playing particularly well. But there again, by his high else, standards, everyone else around him is playing really well. I thought yeah. Billy Twelvetree's had a tremendous game. Yeah, Willie you Hines looks looks like he makes a big difference. Yeah. So Gloucester looking good. In fact, when I look at that, my preseason prediction for top four is exactly. The top four as it stands at the moment. And is I, it? Was that I, minus or plus Saracens? Uh, that was that was when you accounted for the Saracens um, salary cap. Oh yeah, yeah. So in my in my initial uh, in my initial no, I think I said I think I said Exeter. I said Saracens, Exeter, uh, Northampton, Sale, and then when 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 Saracens had their points, I said Gloucester would also be in the top four. So the top four are what I predicted. Exeter, Northampton, Gloucester, Sale. I think Sale will be higher up the table than Gloucester, but as as my as per my prediction. But um, I think there's real separation there, and I think you can see a table after eight games that looks roughly, roughly 
how it's going to look. I think Leicester will be higher up than they are currently. I think Leicester are going, are going to improve drastically. Yeah. We can get on to them, but Saracens will do enough to claw back and not finish bottom. They're 23 points behind, 24 points behind top six. Did we, you did you get to watch any of the sale shots game? I did, I watched it all. What do you think? I thought, finally we saw, well, I thought two things. I thought one, and I've been saying this for a long time, when sale click, they're going to they're, uh, they're gonna click. Another good crowd. Crowds are growing at, at the AJ Bell. And the second thing I thought was how poor Harlequins. Harlequins? Were. Oh, my word. Okay, strap in. Harlequins are nothing short of a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. I was watching this. What, what on the strength of that 80 minutes? Uh, that 80 minutes yeah. was a disgrace. Absolutely. Uh, and on so many levels. I mean, first of all, um, you've got. Coaches who I think are really good coaches, but they're very modern coaches. So you ask Gaston a question, and we'll come on to um, what he had to say later. We ask him a question, and he'll tell you, like, oh, it's player-led, we empower the players, you know, this, that, and the other. I mean, I don't know how much power employment, power, sorry, player empowerment you need, but these guys have got to want to collide. And every collision, they just lost. At one point, Dan Dupree was holding people up and then throwing them to ground behind the gain line. They just didn't want to go forward. And then there's lads like Danny Kerr. Like, Danny Kerr, we can all agree, is a pretty good player. What kind of decision-making uh, was going on there? They, you know, he kicked it dead. He was trying little dinks. Uh, whatever the coaches are wanting them to do, or whatever the coaches, coaches are telling them, and I am sure they are telling them something, Danny Kerr is not executing it. And then you've got Joe Marler. Now, last week I was full of praise for Joe Marler. Went across the other side of the scrum. Did his best. Difficult job. This week, what an idiot. I mean, what was the point in, in, in doing that? He knew what he was doing. He's done very well over the last few years to sort of calm that side of him down. But he just left his, co- left, left his coach out uh, to hang and dry. Um, he, let down his, he let down his team. For certain things so petulant, frankly, it, that could have been a red. You can't hit people. Uh, I don't think it should have been a red. No. But you can't put your fist in, in people's faces. You can't put your hand in people's faces. Yeah, you can't I do anything stupid. It was, like it was an interesting point put forward on... Um, Gallagher Premiership tonight after the game today and Benke suggested that he thinks what Marla might have been trying to do was they were under the pump and they were struggling a bit he was trying to goad someone into a reaction that might have got Quinn something but actually clocked him on the jaw if he just nudged him what an idiot a bit like, well, what an idiot yeah I know it's not focusing on the right thing Paul Gustard said it was stupid I think it was more than stupid I think it was disrespectful to to his whole team so he is meant to be one, like one of the leaders and to be that irresponsible and that stupid when when you're under the pump, uh, I, I, I it, it blows my mind. He deleted that tweet, by the way, um, well, the one know, that we talked about yeah. towards, towards the end of last I mean, week's I podcast. Find, I find some of his de- uh, that some of his decisions, uh, I question. I find rude tweeting far less offensive to me than letting down your teammates. <laughs> I, I find that far far less offensive because poor old Gustard. I mean, he was he was in the press room afterwards. And he's trying to explain away this defeat. And you can see he's hurting. And at no point does he ever step out and say, um, he said he's disappointed, but he never said it was a player's fault. In fact, do you know what he said? He said things, and things like, it's a direct reflection on me. It's what I do during the week. It's how I set up the team. And you can feel his frustration. And his senior players just let him down. And you look at the past for Quinns now. They did the same to John, to John, to John Kingston, who 
to all intents and purposes, it seems like a very good, honourable man. And they're doing the same to Gustard. And at some point, I think the Quinns board have got to say, enough's enough. I, we've got to either back our coach, and I don't think Gustard has the right solutions for these players. So either the coach has got to go, or the players have got to go. And you know, they're on their third coach now of, under, of underperforming. Get rid of them. You're paying them a lot of money, and they're not doing what you need to do. So if that's Marla and Kerr and one or two others and recycle their money to do something else, so be it. But whatever Gustard wants them to do, or whatever that culture, quote-unquote, is, it is not getting through to those players. They are, they are not buying into it. So it's... Um, well, all right, well, I'm just going to balance up the scales a little bit because mm. it was a really poor performance. Yep. It was a bit toothless in parts. I agree they got bullied, got beaten up. I think Paul Gustard was... Was, was honest enough to say to use that exact phrase we got beaten up but no Scott Baldwin or Rob Buchanan or Max Crumpton um, or I'm just looking down their squad list they've got There's, a lot of injuries they've got a lot of injuries uh, Brown um, yeah uh, Jack Clifford um, I don't know where Sioli. Alex Dombrant was Sioli, uh, Sioli, Francis Saili Joe Marchant Ben Tapawai Nathan Earl Mike, Michele Campagnaro James Lang, they've got a whole backline. Mike Brown, so. But if you said uh, so, so again. Yeah. But just to dovetail it back to Saracens, the Harlequin squad. Whilst I wouldn't have assembled the squad exactly like this, you know, and, and Paul Gustav's got to be given a little bit of time to do that because players are in contracts and decisions were making before he arrived, etc. But the Saracen salary cap thing is highlighted. Is magnified in the Harlequin squad, I think, because Harlequins are a squad where, yes, as you pointed out, they've got a lot of money tied up in guys like Danny Kerr and Joe Marler. Uh, the depth of their squad is not is not as good as like a Saracens, mm. and so there, there was a lot of players in that team on Friday night. I, I get that, that. You, you could you but could have a cu- you could have a couple of them just in there and not be exposed, but, but they had me, a lot of them in there. But if you told me the problem with Harlequins. And you know, there's, there's three problems there. Danny Kerr's decision-making, Joe Mahler, and the lack of wanting to take contact. Um, if you told me Harlequin's lost because their uh, eighth-choice loose head was getting absolutely beaten up, and in the end he lost his rag and lashed out at uh, Dupria, and then he got a yellow card, I'd say, do you know what, fair enough, you know, Gustav's just got to wait for these guys. This is one of the best loose head props on the planet, and he's one of your leaders. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. Uh, you know, you, that's you, no argument for me on that. And then you've got Danny Kerr, and Danny Kerr's just not carrying out what Danny Kerr needs to carry. They've got... They're missing well, a lot the, of squad players, the, the but two things that, best players, well, they? If they're not winning any contact, then a scrum half's job becomes infinitely harder. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, but I agree, he, d- he didn't have a great day at the office. I, I think he... Talk, prob- talking of idiots, uh, Marlon Yard. Marlon Yard, like, uh, uh, rekindled his love with, love with Harlequins. I mean, that was just, that was personal, wasn't it? Yeah, that was just dropping the shoulder in on Mike on Chris Robshaw. Be a professional, you know. Just be was a professional. It, what was it? Chris Robshaw did when uh, when when he did he said something when Marlon Yard left. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't complimentary. He said everything. something not complimentary. Yeah, yeah. There's some bad blood there, I'd say. Yeah. But on the other hand, you're a paid professional and your job is to win a rugby game. What are you playing at? Yeah, and he you know he was lucky that. There was two yellow cards because otherwise he just cancelled out the Marla one, which is just so ridiculous. The the, the you know the teams teams are on the up now. The positives, Ran, Van Rensburg I think is rapidly becoming the best player in the Premiership or one of. He is unbelievable. We were talking about this particular position last week. Actually, it's probably the weakest position in the Premiership. Twelve, yeah. twelve is probably the 
That's that's because literally all of the talent is focused on Van Rensburg. <laughs> all well, of it. I think it's the weakest position in the Premiership, and there's and the standouts. Yeah, I agree. I think Van Rensburg is the biggest difference last season to this season at Sale. Yeah, he's a, awesome. A, a fit, lean Van Rensburg. Him at... a, and a and a and a not optimum fitness Van Rensburg last year. And you see the difference he makes. Yeah, and also he just frees up more space for Sam yeah. James. Sam James then becomes far far um, far more uh, deadly in what um, in what he does. Oh. Actually, no, I, I won't revisit the, the moral thing. I had a, a, a bit more information, but I, I shan't do it. Um, oh, you tease. Is it good? Is it worth revisiting? Right, actually. Go on. One of, the, one of the players speculated, and he might have had words with him on, um, on the field, but one of the sale players speculated that when he, that he, he gave one of the defenders a tap because, effectively, he had a load of pre... Um, pre-ready lines for the for the prayers like which one of you was it and he's saying why are you play-? so the accusation was why was he playing up on order to, in order to get on TV and I think there might be something in that <laughs> I cannot imagine that it, that would be Joe, no, no that, that, that is out and the reason I didn't want to mention it is because that'd be so out of character it would be he's so out of character yeah I mean he is clearly a very funny man and he's good off the cuff I don't think he needs to plan any of it. I don't, I don't think he planned his horse thing. That was the kind of <laughs> was that was that was the beauty of it. Yeah, you know, I I hope I hope this is the last ridiculous bit of Joe Mauler that we see. I hope he goes back to Joe Mauler of only a couple of weeks ago, frankly, um, hammering people in the scrum. Exactly. Yeah, Sale were really impressive. Yeah, uh, they uh, Akam Akam van der Merwe is something else, isn't he? He is something else. And their line out. His arrows were all right on Friday night. Yeah, well, sadly he went off uh, a little bit early, and they bought on uh, bought on the master Ro- uh, Rob Weber, and you know that does make a bit of a difference because because he can throw. It's quite funny. Sale had a line out, and they obviously had a move where they do a little bit of trickery, and it ends up with to uh, Aka van der Merwe in space. Except that, that Aka van der Merwe has gone off. So What's now his got, nickname again? There's something the Angry uh, Warthog. Angry Warthog. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of having Aka in space, you've got Rob Weber, and the results are somewhat different. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was very very good, very very good from sale again. We've been sent a tweet for something. I think someone it's not for the first time, but there is a um, for fans of Negroni or people who like punishing themselves with Negroni. There's now a no groni, non oh, alcoholic no. Negroni. No, why would why would you have that horrible bitter taste voluntarily without knowing that it's going to you know give you a nice warm warm feeling the alcohol a, that you're consuming it's a great question because Negronis get pre- progressively easier to drink as, as the night goes on yeah that I assume is accumulatively worse and what also what substance it's like when you look at uh, you know real sweet things and you look at the back at all the ingredients all the E numbers what are they putting in a Negroni to artificially make something that disgusting Ricin ha- <laughs> <laughs> um Sale very impressive. I think they're going to be top four. If they get their act together, I mean, they need to do this consistently. Um, you know, that, that's the key, isn't it? Away from home. Away from home. And yeah. Yeah, they've got some second row talent coming in, which is going to be important. It'll make an unbelievable difference. And I, I almost didn't want to say this out loud in case any of our fancy rugby draft um, colleagues are listening, but he's going to be back much earlier than first thought. Sale initially thought they weren't going to get him back till April, but he could be back at the end of this month. Is that right? Yeah, he could be back for the next round of Premiership games. That would be nice. I, I've not seen him yet. I don't know if he's here. I don't think he is. He's in the country next week. Is he? Yeah. So Mark Wilson's on the verge of return, which is going to be yep. great. He'll, don't be know back, where, he'll be back for the next round. Don't know of where games. he plays the wing or somewhere, <laughs> but he yeah 
he is back. I mean, that, that squad when it's fully fit, there's going to be some very disappointed lads. Very disappointed lads. Because, I mean, imagine if he's fit, fit this week. What do you do? Not play Ben Curry? Mm-hmm. Do you go with Mark Wilson and Tom Curry? You know, does John O'Ross not play? Well, John O'Ross plays. He's the, he's the captain. They have got some real, real selection headaches. Mm. And, I'll tell you something else about sale, their injury rates are, are, are pretty low. I mean, when they do get injuries, it's bad because it's a very narrow squad. But, um, yeah, it, more often or not, they've got a full team to select from. Faf is in the knee brace, so that, and that's bad. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's real bad. But there again, how, how, um, how consistent was Will Cliff? I'm Rob Dupree. You know, Will Cliff just you know, got, uh, got to break down quick, moved it quick, nice consistency. You don't need to worry about him sniping because it's not really his, his thing. It makes a difference. What other news has there been this week? The, the Reese Webb. Webb coming back to Wales. Yeah, they've just uh, changed the, the made-up rule. They've just made up more rules on top of the rules that they made up. What does that mean? It means that he's allowed to play Six Nations even though he's at Toulon. Because he's planning to come back. Yeah, basically. So, no news really, because... It would be big news if it was a position that they actually needed some help in. But, I mean, did you see Gareth Davis this week um, score that mega try? Oh, yeah. So, and he's not better than Gareth Davis, and Thomas Williams is pretty, pretty good. I think he's coming back because he's his family didn't settle, his wife and kids didn't mm. settle in the south of France, so they moved back to Wales, and he's been living apart from them. Which, yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be tough. It is tough. Uh, uh, so, on, on a human level, I think, Great, whatever's going to make Reese Webb happy, and that's important. Um, so do that. There, there is a bit of me that goes, if you were the WRU, Why and you had finite resources, yeah, is that the best place to invest your cash? Oh, well, this is Ospreys for you, isn't it? I mean, they are interested in signing the names, but not putting out a decent team. Uh, I don't even know what they did, did this weekend. I, I suspect it wasn't good. In fact, let's just check that before I completely embarrass myself. There but was there was a hilarious video of um, with the music. Was it Titanic music? Oh, Osprey's lost to dragons. Uh, I think it might have been the Titanic music, but basically, it was a, an absolute one of the tries that they scored was the most monumentally awful try you've ever seen. In fact, I, I need to find it because you would find it really funny. Oh, um, yeah, it's just it's just shambles. I mean, they, they do sign big names, but they don't seem to be bothering putting them on the field. And, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it, Welsh regional rugby just doesn't interest me, so let's move on from it. But, but if you've got no... But this is, my, this is kind of my point. If you've got no money, or <laughs> if you're struggling for cash... Yeah. 
I mean, I'm glad Reese Webb's going to be back reunited with his family and everything. But is is it the best use of their money? Uh, I mean, what is he? What is now thirty one, thirty two? I don't know how old he is. I think he's approaching his thirties. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the other point on that would be. Well, I mean, the other thing, the other way to do it is you could say. I mean, retrospectively, you could change Gatlin's law to something else, which reflects if you've played X number of years inside Wales, you this can is exactly you, right. You can be an international and go and play wherever you want. Correct. And I can. That's the one I think. So Reese Webb did his ten years at regional rugby. That to me is enough. Even though he doesn't have the seventy caps, he's done ten years because you could be injured. You could be putting in. You know, you're all for Welsh rugby. You happen not to be selected because someone is better than you, or you've got an injury or whatnot. It doesn't mean you're not putting your time for Welsh rugby. Just because you were lucky enough to get those 70 caps or 60 caps or 50 caps or whatever the cap number is, I just don't think it's a very fair system. They should say, look, five years. And it also works well for Wales too. Because five, five, five years. Five years or if you go because you're rejected, like Josh Adams. Yes. Because Josh Adams... Josh he, Adams should be allowed to stay at Worcester and be a Wales international. He's a bloody brilliant player. Because they didn't want him. Exactly right. Exactly right. So I, I, I hate the Welsh selection policies. I think, I think they're absolute nonsense. I, I, I think they're... Not only are they nonsense, I think with such a short career, they're actually quite cruel. Come back at the market value that we dictate or we'll limit your earnings. So uh, Rhys Zammett was um, in, the, in the rugby paper this week. Oh, the Eddie, Eddie Jones apparently getting in touch with him, picking up the phone. Yeah. Hey, come, come, come. Uh, I'll get you in the England squad, fast if, track you in. If I was giving advice to Rhys Zammett, it'd be go and play for England. Go play for England, 25 grand a game. You'll probably get better money at Gloucester. You'll certainly get uh, a better standard of competition week in, week out. You'll probably get better training. There's a few guys in that situation at the minute, like Cam Redpath. His dad was a Scotland captain. He'll, he won't, well, he's 100% going to England, 100%. Mm. And I think that might be something to do with his dad saying, stay here, kid, and get some cash, which is exactly what you need to do. It's a short career. I don't know how Scotland fans would think about that if if if, they, if Brian Redpath had said stay and be English, son. There are some be weird English. things that go on. I mean, you do wonder, don't you, about the Ben Velicott and the Gary Graham scenario. Mm. I mean, that wasn't a legitimate selection, looking back at it now, was it? No. There was politics going on. Oh, there. 100%. So, but with that, that was like... Uh, it wasn't quite toddlers. Like, you've got two small kids, but, you know, when, when your youngest is a bit older... And uh, they're not interested in a toy until the other one goes for it. Exactly And then they're going to kick off, it's my toy! Exactly right. Um, Yeah, so, yeah. If you're a young player who's Welsh qualified but happens to be be in England, go and play for England. If if the chance comes about, go and play for England. It will make your life so much better. 25 bags a game. Exactly, exactly. Um, Worth talking about Leicester quickly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're a Leicester fan, you've got to feel a lot better with the last two weeks. A, a, a fight back and a draw at Twickenham, away to Harlequins, mm-hmm. and then a comfortable win at home to Bristol. Yeah. And I, I I think we spoke on last week's podcast, and I, th- I think we identified this as a, a defining moment for Leicester. Well, they are coming round a bit, aren't they? They are starting to play well. They do have a bit more beef. Um, they're, you know, they're a more set- settled team. Uh, and they've got George Ford in the team. George Ford does George George Ford things, as you would say, Tim. Uh, but Labanini's a beast. Uh, Ta- Jordan, how do you say his name? Ta- oh, oh uh, Taufua. Taufua is another beast. So they've, they've finally signed some some, some good players. Callum, uh, Callum, Callum Green is playing too. So, yeah, it's looking promising because they're a bit 
a bit bigger, a bit harder. Well, the issue, and this is going back to the, this is the the flip side of the coin with when I said earlier that I'm, I don't like that only fifty six percent of the match day squads this weekend were English. Um, when I think about the the national team, the flip side of that coin is. Leicester are a, team, a, a squad that have a lot of England players and a lot of England internationals in, and it's not going to serve them very well during the next few rounds. No, it's not. Because they're, they're, they're going to lose Ford and Johnny May and Ellis Genge, presumably, and well, if England who else? Manu, if he gets back fit. Well, if they freshen up the squad, England, you, they, you might see Manu staying. You might see them not picking Manu. Oh, let's do that. Who who's going to be the the bigger mission for England? Because th- there'll be one. Because it's Eddie Jones. Oh, um, who will be the? Well, Dan Cole won't get in, surely. No, Dan Cole. No, you're right. Dan Cole will be one. Um, so Leicester will have him. I would. Although, would you? I like if you were if we were sat Eddie Jones right now, war gaming out the Six Nations and the summer and looking at the next year ahead or the next. What what would your philosophy be? Would it be? France 2023, or would it be Six Nations right now? Um, Eddie works in mysterious ways. I mean, I have no idea. What, what would you do is. if you if oh, you were what boss? What would I do? I've, 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 I'd be ripping all up and starting again. I think for France, four year cycle, hundred percent. I'd I I'd be thinking win the Six Nations. Yeah, I mean, if we win it, it's great. I say we. I'm Welsh. I'd just say win. In fact, win the next game. Is always would be my approach, and I think naturally then there would be a there would be a natural turnover of players like there has been. The England squad's actually really young. The side that played in the World Cup final was dead young. The average it was the youngest average age ever to play a World Cup final. Yeah, and you have got a lot of guys who will definitely repeat, like Farrell and Ford, Underhill Curry, Underhill Curry. Yeah, so actually it doesn't need that much turning over. But Vunapola's Marrow. I mean, even with that, I would still have the uh, uh, an eye on France. Um... So that I mean, guys. I guess the guys you'd be looking. Who, who would you? Who would you? Moore's might miss out. He's a bit. What? Older. He's a bit older. Yeah, I know he's a bit older, but that's. By the way, talk about harsh selection policies. That would be harsh. Going because in four years' time, there's another World Cup. You're one of the best players in your position Absolutely. right now, and not only that, I'd pick him. I watched him today. Very few players are worth their money. He is worth his money. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But you know, that in the same. And way, he's awesome on Twitter. So. Yes, he is awesome on Twitter. <laughs> but in the same way that Dan Cole might, lo- might, might lose out, very different impact on, on the game, I must yeah, add. Yeah. Uh, I oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm all right with the Cole one. I think that would be a natural turnover. Was, I think for Dan Cole, he'd probably be anticipating that that would be the case. Um, bring, in, bring in Will Stewart. Exactly. You've got, you've got guys, and I think Harry Williams would step up and be... Yep. But there again, with that second position, they always seem to mess, to, to mess around with it. You know, there's always so like on the loose head they had Ben Moon Ben Moon for a little while. They always yeah. they always seem to on the loose head they're stacked. Yeah, uh, like ben, ben Urbano could come into the squad. Ben Urbano's good, but then but then all the, all the loose heads are young enough. Mako's Mako. You're going to keep. Is there him. room for an extra hooker? Or yeah, a different hooker. Yes. Tom Dunn, someone like that. Tom Tommy Dunn, Taylor. Tom Dunn, Tommy Taylor, Harry Thacker. Harry Thacker won't get the call. I don't think he will, but I would. But yeah. There's, definitely can have a look at one of those. And what about George Furbank? Fullback. That's an interesting bolter shout. He has been looking good. George Furbank. Maybe maybe keep an eye on George Furbank, see if he gets selected. He might he might not. I don't know. I could see Eddie Jones chucking him out as an apprentice. I mean he's been starting most games for Saints. Good player. Very, very good player. 
Tell you what, I bet, I bet England. Chris wish, Boyd trusts him. Yeah, I bet, Eng, bet England wish that Hutchinson was uh, eligible. Oh God, yeah. Straight in at twelve. Awesome. Yeah. He's class. He didn't get he didn't get as much of a chance to play today. Um, who do I think is going to get cold? Yes, yeah, Dan Cole prob- possibly. Although because everything we say, we, we have to take with a massive pinch of salt because if people start saying things, Eddie Jones does the opposite. Yes, quite. Um, Mark Wilson maybe because he's been injured. Yep. Might. Which um, who else? Scrum half. I think he'll still keep Youngs and Hines. That is definitely an area where they could improve on something. They need a third apprentice, a couple of apprentices at scrum off. <laughs> we talked about Harry Randall at Bristol. Harry Randall's a great player. But Dan Robson looked good. Yeah, but for whatever reason, he doesn't like him. Well, he did get injured. He was around the squad, wasn't he? But they he didn't was in the wide him on squad. the field when and oh, Ben, ben Spencer ben Spencer would be the one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think you need to worry about them too much in Six Nations. Fly half, though, because Sippers isn't going to be in with a look in, and you've got two fly halves at the moment. There are only two fly halves in the squad Sam Simmons. Uh, oh. Joe Simmons. Joe Simmons. Well, no, Sam Simmons. Would Sam Simmons get back in your Eng- back in an England squad? No, no, I stand by it. Sam, Sam Simmons at 10. <laughs> I'm a free thinker. 10 man rugby. It's a different <laughs> yeah. style. But who. Really threw him off. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know who what he's going to do. Manu, though. wonder if. No, if Manu's fit and available, he's he's picking Manu, isn't he? I I would assume so. Because Slade, because Slade's going to be out. Ollie Devoto, I think, should get in the England squad. Yes. Yeah. Well, well why not? He's good at you know. What, we, good I, we identified. There's not many twelves, and I think he's a good one. So uh, did anyway. you catch either the actually yes the extra Irish game or the Saracens Worcester game? No. Nope. Neither did I. Uh, I looked at the score for Saracens. I thought that's that's rather impressive. Michael um, Fatialofa had a very, very serious injury, and I think he spent at least, I think he might have spent a couple of nights, might be still in hospital. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened to him. Do, do you know anything about it? No, it was a bit sketchy. I couldn't find a clip anywhere, and I don't know if that is because it's really bad. Yeah, it just looked like an, uh, well, looking and reading the match report, it looked like an absolute beatdown. Hey, do you want to hear about my match this weekend? You had a match? Yeah, I played. Uh, I was meant to be doing something else this weekend, but I put my name forward to play for the mighty Didsbury Talk H. Went over to Wigan. After 70 minutes, guess what the score was? 70. 70. 70. Nope. Was it not a point a minute? Nil-nil. Correct. Nil-nil by 70 minutes. And you you scored a drop goal? No, they scored a penalty. And on the last play of the game, we we scored a try. (laughs) And it wasn't even... It didn't even feel like a nil-nil game. It was... It was a hard game. I've not played for about six weeks. Was it loads of knock-ons and stuff? Do you know, actually, both teams were pretty good. And it didn't sound like they were, they were pretty good, but they were both pretty good. They both defended pretty well, as the score would suggest. The referee had a um, had this idea in his head that no line-out would be straight. And no matter how straight the line-out was thrown, everyone was blown not straight. In the end, it was just an absolute scrum fest. So ideal, really. It was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> nice and low scoring, one try at the end. But it was a good game. We've talked. We've talked about this as a law change. That is one law change that I think. We, I think we've all agreed on that. If someone throws it in and the other team don't compete, compete, it doesn't matter how not straight it is. It will never get called not well, straight. No, it's got to be within the outside shoulder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless it's an, uh, unless it's a wildly banana. Do throw. you know what's really irritating me now? And what? they did it in Wigan. They got and every rugby club does it. It's not just just just, just Wigan. Um, these bloody signs which are up on the change room walls. I don't know where it comes from, which which bright spot decides to do this. Motivational ones. 
not the most, they're, they're less offensive. The ones that tell you what values that you should have. So, um, we, we could start a thing here, like, um, rugby values when you go to train so when you go to training tuesday thursday night or if you go to your local club to watch a game send us tweet us a picture of the signs oh, I hate in them. tweet us pictures of signs in changing rooms what yeah so as you walk as you run out at rugby podcast tweet us email us to contact eggchasers at gmail.com send us your pictures from the inside of dressing rooms the motivational words, the values. The values, the values. What did it say at Wigan? What if I don't hold those values? What, what if it... I don't want to be in... You know, what if I don't think integrity is important? Can, can I not play it? <laughs> like, what, just because you say it, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Like, let's spoke like a true financial advisor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was running out onto um, the Wigan pitch. There's a sign there. And I can't remember what they... There's like bullet points of how you should feel or how you should be. Number one is mental strength. Like, how do we gauge this? How do you, possi- how do you possibly know? So yeah, mental strength. Uh, I, I I said to our captain when we came off, I said, "Can we do our own one?" Do, 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 like when you sign up to the form, do you go? Uh, uh, sorry, have you ever how, have, you, <laughs> yeah. have you ever suffered from anxiety? Get out! Get out! <laughs> Get leave! Uh, can you kick these five balls whilst we fire fireworks at your face? Get out! What, what was I listening to recently, or what was what was I watching? Where they said the way that uh, I was listening to a podcast, a, a Joe Rogan podcast, and he was saying that scholarships at American universities are given to kickers or have been given to kickers in the past where they've just said, do you want a scholarship? Like, they're a walk-on player. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. a player who's gone there as a student is paying all their fees um, and wants a scholarship, so their fees are paid for them. And the, and the university have said, all right, you want your scholarship, you get one kick, 53-yard field goal, make it, you get all your fees paid. No. Apparently, that's been, apparently there are universities that have done that. Well, I mean, what's the downside? Make a fifty-three-yard kick, and you, and well, it's the, and the university puts basically the university puts hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. Says right, do it under pressure right now, and that will prove that you've got the mentality, the the toughness. That's insane. You've that's got true. That is utterly, utterly <laughs> insane. Well, I say to my captain on the way off, I was like, "Can we make one of those signs, but with values that mean something to us?" <laughs> I, and I don't know. Point what one: was, ski holidays. <laughs> You know, weekends away, you know things that mean things to Didsbury Road. I hate these identical beer. Yeah, these stupid identical value statements. I, th- th- nobody believes in them. <laughs> nobody believes in them. It's just such RFU nonsense. Well, I, all I will say, I, I, I think they, if you actually bring them to life and do them, nonsense, Tim. Nonsense. You know, what do you mean bring them to life? I've been playing for 10 years. Well, I've, so, never, I've so, never turned around and said, today I feel more integral. No. I feel more integrity. Well, so f- here's an example. Accountability. Here's an example uh, in the past as a player. I remember a time where um, I played at a club w- who had values like integrity, honesty, um, hard work, being rewarded, thing, all, the, all, this, <laughs> all this sort of stuff. And then... If you're winning, you can do them. And then everyone got really gradually pissed off when players that would never turn up for training or we hadn't seen for a month get put straight back into the to the team. And all the people that have worked hard and live by the values... They are pointless. Gets, they are pointless. I think they can work if you... Like any company, it's like having having company values. If they are reflected in your actions... Why are they actions, all the same? Why are they all the same yes, everywhere? What, I, I could, I, I, what I can say is I could... They could be a little bit less identikit and they could be a little I mean, bit more... On, you know, what is rugby about fundamentally? On the field, it's about bullying other people. I, I don't care what you say. <laughs> it's about bullying. It's about physical bullying. It's about intimidation. It's about getting over the gain line. Even if you're a skillful player, 
you're aiming to make the other person look stupid with your skills. You, know, you, might, you want to run over them. The first thing on that humiliation. Board, yeah, the first thing on that board should be bullying, humiliation. <laughs> you know, for eighty minutes, and then afterwards, it, 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 um, it's all fun and games. It's not all these other things. Bully- it's not. So you're going bullying, humiliation, but no, beers. Pun- but no punching. Beers, but no punching. Yeah, no punching. Fine, fine, because that is a, is a game. Everything. So as soon as I stepped on on, on, on the field, I came off and came back on. Um, the opposition prop had something to say to me. Why? Because he wants to intimidate me, or he wants to get into my skin, or he wants to do something. Which is great. That's how it should be. That's exactly how it should be. I'm just. I. I. I, I want to see what what these clubhouses actually say <laughs> yeah. to, yes. to to judge them. I, I agree. They could be less identikit. I think there's a place for them if you bring, if you actually mean them and bring them to life. I think a lot of them just are there because because everyone else does it, or it seems like the thing you should do. Yeah, exactly. The thing, the thing you should do. Oh, can I talk about some more jokes? Uh, go on. Steve Diamond's fine. Have you heard about Steve Diamond's fine? Uh, Three thousand pounds. Three thousand pounds. Do you know what he did? Um, well, so this was after the Exeter game. Yeah, you right? tell me what, what you think he did. So this was after the Exeter. No, no, no. This was after the. Yeah, was it the Exeter European Cup game? Yeah, yeah. Exeter, uh, Sale versus Exeter at the AJ Bell Stadium, Champions, yes, Champions Cup pool match, and I did the post-match interview with Steve Diamond, mm-hmm. in which I said to him, I pointed out there were a lot of decisions not going your way in the final moments, and a lot of players and guys on the bench seemed like they were getting quite frustrated at that. What's your view? Steve Diamond's response was, bearing in mind he's been in trouble before for... Mm-hmm. saying things yep. about officials. Uh, Steve Diamond said, well, I'm not going to tell you that, am I? Fair. With a smile. But I, fair enough. Fair enough. No, uh, nothing, no breaches there? So, but no, no breaches whatsoever. So Steve Diamond basically identified he might have something to say about the, the officiating, but he's not going to verbalise it because it's got him in trouble before um, by speaking to me, in fact. Yep. So I'm not going to tell you, Tim, am I? Was his response, to which, fair enough. End of that. Then I gather, I saw that he'd been got in trouble and now been fined. But I gather he went into the press room and maybe was more honest about what he said. No, not particularly. I mean, exactly. It, it appeared, well, like, see, I wasn't in the room, but it appeared like was, what, what's, what's written down in black and white in text yep. is very different to the way that he delivered it in the press yes. room. So. So down. you were you were in there, I weren't was, you? So I saw this. So between you and I, we've kind of got yes, every, got every angle, angle of this. Here, right? I saw this live in the flesh. He came in, he gave a post-match press conference, and all his post-match press conferences, you get a lot out of him, unless he's really angry. But most of the time, you get loads out of him. Didn't go after the referee. Didn't say anything about the referee. Right at the end, and by the way, this isn't a normal game. Uh, Sarah about to have their Christmas deal, so he's ready to go out. He's been a bit more jovial, and then at the end. And he says, uh, something like, I don't have to see you you guys again, you bastards. And it was said in the most... I mean, he was half out of the room. He pokes his head, head back around. There's a little cluster of guys. He says that. He's laughing. They are laughing. The whole press room is laughing. It is a joke. And if, I'm led, if I've read this right on, on that fine, that is what he's been fined for, which is a complete and utter joke. It says here, Steve Diamond made comments that had the effect of insulting the match officials. So... Again, that's an interesting way of phrasing that. Well, no St- ma- Steve no- Diamond made comments that had the effect of insulting match officials. They have not said Steve Diamond insulted match officials. There is, 
I mean, I was in the room. He did not insult me. These comments had the potential to bring the sport of rugby union, the Heineken Champions Cup and or EPCR into disrepute. So again, they haven't said he brought it into disrepute. Uh, They're saying the committee took into account Steve Diamond's timely admission of wrongdoing in addition to his numerous subsequent public public comments and apologies to the team of match officials for any offence caused. I mean, if it's for the... I mean, I... From what from what you've I mean, you in, you interviewed him, I was there in in the, in the press room. I saw nothing of that whatsoever. And if you're reporting the bit where he goes, um, "Yeah, bastards!" Everyone was like, "It was a clear and obvious joke." He said it with a smile on his face, like they were his pals. Uh, so if it's, I mean, unless I've missed something, unless I've missed something completely, um, it is a, a farce. If they want to say that was that potentially could bring the game or ARPC into disrepute. This this disciplinary process is the farce. That's what that you know that if 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 you want to look stupid, do this because it is absolutely ridiculous. Hmm. I'm trying to find the actual quotes that he said. That's why we need Phil, isn't it, for actual facts? Yeah. This is when Phil would be typing away and he would get the thing. He would he get the very thing. Yeah. But I can't do two things at once. So the, he, pro- the problem is when you type in Steve Diamond three thousand pounds or Steve Diamond <laughs> abuse his match officials. Those are those are very different scenarios to the one that, 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 that we're discussing. Uh, and the Munster doctor as well got a, a suspended um, ban, I think, or something. Uh, yes, he got a yes, it, exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, it's a shame. I suppose. What would you say to players? Like the equivalent is a player on a pitch. Like um, uh, there were red cards given this weekend. Okay. And people would say, "Well, you were stupid to get yourself in that situation. You knew that if you chose that course of action, it was likely to bring about a red card. You better, uh, you better do the time." You could argue, well, joke or not. If you, if you say you bastards, quote unquote, uh, aim, aimed in, in something that could be look like it was applied aimed at the officiate, the, the officials. I mean, it just clearly wasn't, then you're playing with fire. It clearly wasn't. I mean, if if these if these conversions can't, I, I'm I'm being I'm just being devil's advocate there. I, I saw it. I was there. There is no way that that is ever. It, it, it's just a joke. The, the the whole process is a joke. Mm. Well. I mean, you were there, I wasn't, and uh, I can't find the quotes now anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, um, should we do next week's games? Yeah, we're back into Champions Cup. Yeah, weird it, one, isn't it? Because it, it, is a, it is a weird one. It's, 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 it's either there's a lot on the line or nothing at all. Oh, by the way, there's an update on Ma- uh, Michael Fatialofa. I've yeah. just seen. Um, so it's a neck injury in the defeat to Saracens. Play was, I didn't realise play was held up for 15 minutes. Ooh. As he was taken off on the stress, it was a, it was a collision. He came on a, a replacement one minute later, big collision, and he dropped his head as he went into contact. He's taken a blow to the neck, and so that's a real big concern. And the fact he's still in hospital is a big concern. He's kept in. He's, he's being kept in tonight as well. So he was in hospital at St Mary's, West London last night and tonight. So that's all the best to Michael Fatilo for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as for the fixtures. You're right, because of the state of the pools, there's a lot of teams that will just go, oh, well, whatever, not not interested. Do you, um, do you want to know something which I found out today, which I didn't know, and I feel stupid for not knowing it? Go on. Um, this is why you have to select Champions Cup squads for weekends like, like, uh, like this. 
Ah, never made so you sense can't just me. you can't just chuck the kids in. Yeah, exactly. It never made sense to me. Why can't you just pick whoever you want from your squad? And the reason you can't is because you you might end up with nothing on the line and just play the academy. Yeah. So. Well, let's do it rather than chronologically. Let's do it pool by pool. Sure. So in pool one, you've got Leinster already qualified on nineteen points, and they play <laughs> they play on Sunday, don't they? Against Leon at home. I don't see there oh, wow. being much going on. And Leinster there. absolutely battered Connacht at the weekend. Yeah. And Leon had a good win this week uh, away at Breve too. And even with all that, even with them being second in the um, in the top fourteen, it's not going to go well for them. Unless Leinster rest a bunch of guys, but I don't see that. Well, Leinster probably will rest a few guys uh, because they can, um, but they'll want top spot in the seedings. They're probably going to get top spot in the seedings. They will, they will score the maximum against Leon, uh, which means you've got also. Well, this one's also also on Sunday. In fact, the, these games happen at the same time in the pools, um, so there's no advantage. I didn't realise that. Well, they ha- a lot of them happen at very similar times. Yeah. So Benetton. Um, oh, sorry. No, that's next week. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Ah. Oh, sorry, I was getting confused then. No, no, no. No, no, Leinster Leon and Northampton Benetton. Yeah, Northampton Benetton is, that, is this week coming, right? Yes. Yes. I'll be working on that one. Um, and Northampton have to get the full five points, really, at home to give themselves a real good shot in the final round of games of going through as a as a runner-up. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll need to get the five points. I think they will get the five points. The Benetton, will, they'll be proud, won't they? They'll, they'll do a good job. Up. So, Leon and Benetton have nothing to play for. Northampton have to win. Leinster want to keep up the race for the top position. That's pool one. Yep. In pool two, you've got Exeter on 19 points as well. And then Glasgow could qualify as a runner-up if they win both their final two games. Sale are out of it now. And La Rochelle too. And the games are Glasgow against Exeter. It's last chance saloon for Glasgow. Yeah, it is, and I suspect Exeter will have too much for them. So that's a pretty simple one, Exeter. Yeah, Friday night. Uh, I think Glasgow could win that one. Johnny Gray's going to. That's a little subplot oh, with yeah. that. That's a good. That's the build-up sorted. So I didn't realise Nick, Nick White was on his way out. Yeah. So with Nick White going to Brumbies, uh, presumably that will be a... Marquee spot. Marquee spot, you mm. would have thought. And obviously Johnny Gray qualifies for it, so... That's how they get Johnny Gray, which is some good business all round. Yeah, so that, that's that's the pre-game sorted for that one. But more than that, I could see Glasgow sneaking it against... No, they won't. Extra win. Uh, La Rochelle hosts Sale on Friday night. It's one of the live games. Uh, yes, Sale will be going to La Rochelle, taking a bunch of sponsors. They'll be taking this very, very seriously. So, yeah, give me Sale away. Interesting. Because they they're not going to qualify as a runner up, but they just want to get the wins. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, I I could see Sale winning that one because La Rochelle, despite being at home, aren't they're French? Yeah, <laughs> they've all given up. Yes, I I, I agree with that analysis. <laughs> you heard it here first. They're French. Uh, now this is the most interesting pool. Pool three: Ulster, Claremont, Harlequins, and Bath. Harlequins and Bath are out of it. Ulster at Claremont. Ulster on seventeen points, Claremont on sixteen. Yeah, so Ulster have actually and won all what their games. a what a win for Ulster against Munster. John Cooney again. Oh, was that this weekend? Yeah, good. Um, Pride, very proud. Uh, well, played one. Uh, sorry, 
played four one four. This is the, these are the these are the two games really worth watching yeah. of the weekend. I would go, but Cla- they're only one point ahead. Claremont v Ulster. Claremont are one point behind, but they're going to be. I think Claremont are going to be four points ahead by the end of this match. I tend to agree with you, mate. I tend to agree with you. Uh, um, yeah, Claremont at home. Good, uh, good luck, boys. Uh, and also in pool three on Friday night, Bath v Harlequins. Mm-hmm. Two teams that need to start scoring. Yep, and getting a bit of fluency together. So maybe they'll go for it with this one. Uh... Doubt it, mate. No. I think they'll be looking just not to pick up injuries, get through it, and then re- regroup for the Premiership in a few weeks' time. Mm. I think Bath will go with a, a, a good squad because they're at home. And uh, Quinns. Well, you can't not go with a good squad because you've got to name the bloody squad. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you can't you can't pick bad teams. Uh, on to Paul. So that's going to, I think, Claremont are going to take top spot in that pool. And this game is going to be the moment. If Ulster managed to come away with. A bonus point or two, or, or which is going to because they've not got. They don't think they've got a single bonus point, right? Uh, they've got one. Okay, one try bonus point against Quinns. A bonus in the last point game. is a big deal for them. Yeah, that's what I'd say. They need one more win to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, pull four is Rassing on seventeen points, Munster on eleven, Saracens on ten. This is the other pulls three and four right. are this the is interesting big, ones. So this is big. Is it Saracens Ospreys this week? Ospreys against Saracens on Saturday th- one p.m. So that's five points. You'd think. Munster have got Rassing at home. No, Rassing v Munster. It's, it's oh, it's so in Paris. Munster are going to Rassing. Yeah. <gasps> right. Munster have to win in Paris. Rassing could theoretically not go, not qualify by losing, because they, they've got Saracens last up. Oh, crikey. Yeah, they could, couldn't they? So. Oh, no, hold on. No, no, no. Saracens go to Munster last, don't they? Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. Hang on. No, hold on. Yeah, so Saracens beat Ospreys. That's going to be five points. Yes. Let's which, say which puts Saracens, Munster. Which puts Saracens on 15. Yeah, so then Rassing beat Munster. Puts Rassing away in uncatchable. Yep. And then Saracens go to Rassing. Final game. No, no, they've already been to Rassing. They host Rassing. No, sorry, Rassing. they host Rassing, oh. which they can also win. Yeah. So Munster have to win, but they but won't. Munster have got a win in the bag because they've also got to play... Ospreys. Ospreys, so... Munster will finish, presumably, on something like 16 points. 16 or 17, maybe. If they, if they, if they get a losing bonus point and win five points against Ospreys. Uh, if so they if get... they lose against Rassing, basically Saracens beat Rassing and they're through. Yeah. And then they win the Champions Cup. In the same year, they might get relegated. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. That final game, Rass- uh, Saracens Racing, is going to be huge. But there are lots. Of th- th- these games have got to happen this weekend first, and then Pool Five. You've got Toulouse in going to already, you know, going to finish, going to finish top. Gloucester with an outside. Ch- well, no, Gloucester have a chance, but it's a not small really, chance, though, But it? they go Online to Toulouse points. on the final game, so Gloucester really to keep their hopes alive have to beat Montpellier five thirty p.m. on Saturday. Which one of these games are you working, Tim? Gloucester Montpellier. Oh, I, I, I lost it. Uh, any others? Uh, and Northampton, Benetton. Gonna oh, see, nice. Going to so see I your boys. Be, I might be going to that. Really? Yeah. Might well. I might well be that. I'm really getting my live rugby fill in. Now. Catching up with your boy Dean Bud. Exactly right. Exa- exactly right. Oh, excellent. Yeah. There's a problem with this time of year, uh, which is at the start of the group stages, you're all excited to see all the matchups. By the middle, it's not so much. And now you've only got a handful of good games, and the rest are basically dead rubbers. Well, I don't know about that. I think every game's worth seeing. Absolutely um, right. And I they're all wait. they're all on BT Sport, but there are some particular highlights which are 
I would say on Saturday, Glasgow, Exeter, Claremont, Ulster. Well, are going to be very interesting to watch. And then Gloucester, Montpellier. Those, I mean, you've got three games. Claremont, Ulster, Saturday lunchtime. Glasgow, Exeter, Saturday afternoon. Gloucester, Montpellier, Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, Northampton have to get the full five points against Benetton. And then Racing Munster, that is a tasty game to round things off on Sunday. It's pretty good, actually. It is pretty good. Yeah, there's still those big games. That's that's five out of the ten games with like, a lot on the line. So, Excellent. Uh, right, any other business? I'm just thinking any other business. No, just any other business. A reminder, send us your pictures of values on dressing room walls. Yes, please do. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, please. And I also come next week with the best story of rugby values on dressing room walls which comes from a professional club, but I will tease that. Ooh, interesting. I'll start... In fact, the, uh, what, the one thing I can say to finish, and I'm, next time I'm at Ashton Gate, I'll take pictures, but the Bristol dressing room... What's weird is the, the away dressing room is right next to the tunnel, like right there. Yeah. So you walk in and it's right there on your left. You go in. To get to the Bristol dressing room, you have to go in, turn right, go all the way up this long corridor... And then it's on the right hand side there. On the very long corridor, there is nothing but motivational quotes. Is that right? In frames. Well, it, you know. All up it. Not as a motivational quote, but I'm pretty sure Man City have a poem. Have you seen that? No. It is outstanding. So I'm sure you have. So in Man, Man City, City poem. they've got in their corporate hospitality. Oh, no, I've seen that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So the poem is on a big disc and it yes, goes round. Yes, the, yes, yes. So instead of them in lines, it just goes round, it swirls round, right? But then they've got it to line up, so it says Man City as you as you, as you walk it's, in. No, what it is, is the disc, is, as you say, it's in a disc form. The whole of that particular hospitality suite, I forget the name of it now, is got a music theme because Manchester music. Oh, has it? Like the, that, like the, uh, the, um, the, 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 the placemats that you get your meal on are sort of embossed with lyrics or, or quotes from Johnny Marr, the... Smith's guitarist or Li- Liam Gallagher and stuff like that. All, all these, all these Man City fans that are also musicians. And um, but the disc that's above the bar as you go in, it's song lyrics. Is that what it it's, is? It's Manchester song lyrics, written. But like you say, they've done it so that on the disc, at certain points down the lines, it spells Man City. Yeah, that's exactly. Or Manchester, very, very Manchester cool. City. Never Man City. Always Manchester City or City. That's what, from from my time being there, match announcer. You never call him Man City. There you go. There you go. You learn, learn something every day. Uh, right on that. Uh, yeah, uh, dressing room walls. Get busy and um, at rugby podcast on Twitter. He's Jay Beardmore. I'm at Cocker and um, and we might we'll see if we can work on a replacement for Phil next week. Well, we've got loads of replacements. We just can't make it this week. Yes, so next we're on week, it. We're on it. we're on it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.